Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Bible Reading Podcast, episode number 184. Today's big Bible question is, how can we be strong and courageous? So, hello, friends. Welcome into another marvelous Monday. Okay, I know. Mondays aren't that awesome, but I'm actually in a pretty good mood this Sunday evening as I record the podcast because our church had its first official gathering today since early March. Yeah, we only had slightly less than half our normal crew there. Yes, we didn't sing with a live worship band because of COVID concerns. Yes, everybody wore masks, and I preached in some sort of ridiculous face shield that my son said looked kind of cool because it looked like I was wearing a riot shield on my face, which doesn't actually sound very cool. Yes, we sat in chairs that were covered in white vinyl and spaced all around the sanctuary. Yes, we shooed everybody out of the sanctuary into the parking lot for fellowship. It was a weird Sunday, but it was also beautiful to have the band back together, so to speak, even under strange and eerie circumstances. The body of Christ will endure and even thrive through this mess, not because we're awesome and tough and special or whatever, but because the head of the church, Jesus, is so amazingly good at shepherding his sheep. Yes, we might be in the process of being pruned, but it will be for our good and his glory, so be strong and courageous. Today's Bible readings include Joshua 1, Psalms 120, 121, and 122, well, three Psalms, Isaiah 61, and Matthew 9. In the midst of a fairly scary pandemic around the world, not to mention other tough trials that we have gone through and are going to go through, how can we, the people of God, be strong and courageous? Well, I'm glad you asked because today's focus passage in Joshua chapter 1 is going to exhort us to courageousness and point the way forward. Here's a bit of inf- interesting word information from the Bible. The word, a cra- the word courageous appears about 20 times in the entire Bible, depending on what, what translation you're using. And four of those appearances, which is 20% of the entire total, appears in this one chapter in Joshua. The phrase strong and courageous appears 10 times in the Bible, and four of those times are in this passage. And one of the other times, it's in Deuteronomy, and it's God's exhortation to Joshua. So five of the 10 times strong and courageous is used, it's used in terms of exhorting Joshua. Now, does this mean that Joshua was timid, lacked boldness? A lot of scholars have said that. I don't actually believe that to be the case. I see no evidence of that in his behavior as one of the only two faithful spies sent out by Moses, and I don't see it in his leadership of Israel afterwards. I think that the reason why God exhorts Joshua to be strong and courageous so many times is because he was simply following one of the greatest leaders in the history of Israel, a prophet that God spoke to face to face. Now, that's the very definition of a tough act to follow. So let's go read Joshua 1 and read all of those encouragements to strengthen courage in the Lord, and then let's discuss how they might apply to us. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible, After the death of Moses the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness in Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites, and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you, just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous. 
For you will distribute the land I swore to their ancestors to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night, so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get provisions ready for yourselves, for within three days you will be crossing the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you to inherit. Joshua said to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, Remember what Moses the Lord's servant commanded you when he said, The Lord your God will give you rest, and he will give you this land. Your wives, dependents, and livestock may remain in the land Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan, but your best soldiers must cross over in battle formation ahead of your brothers and help them until the Lord gives your brothers rest as he has given you, and they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. You may then return to the land of your inheritance and take possession of what Moses the Lord's servant gave you on the east side of the Jordan. They answered Joshua, Everything you have commanded us we will do, and everywhere you send us we will go. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses in everything. Certainly the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your order and does not obey your words and all that you command him will be put to death. Above all, be strong and courageous. So I think the keystone of that passage, like the most important part for us to consider today, is verses 7 through 9, where God says, Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I see two critically important keys here to being strong and courageous. Number one, Joshua is to be strong and courageous by carefully observing and obeying the word of God. And Joshua is also given this sort of practical spiritual wisdom as to how to carefully observe and obey the word of God. And the answer is by meditating on it day and night. Now, a few episodes ago, we did an episode on uh, how to meditate, you can check that episode out by going to BibleReadingPodcast.com. That's BibleReadingPodcast.com and search for meditate. Or you can just go to today's episode notes. It's, uh, I think, episode 184, and you will find a link to that episode about biblical meditation. So key number one is to remember the word of God by meditating on it day and night. That's the key to being strong and courageous. I bet most people don't actually realize that, but according to God, that is the way, he says, above all, that is the way to walk in strength and courageousness, or courage is probably a better word than courageousness. That sounds like a terrible word that I just made up. The second key, Joshua must remember and rest in the truth that God will be with him forever. So do you see how similar 
that actually both of these sound to the promise of Jesus to his disciples in the Great Commission right before he ascends into heaven. In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Jesus tells his disciples, his followers, to teach all of his teachings, the word of God, to the people, making disciples by the word of Christ. And then he concludes, in the midst of setting them out, that behold, he would be with them always and everywhere to the very ends of the earth. So very very similar situation to where God commissions Joshua and Jesus commissions his disciples. Both are focused on the words of God and both are focused on the promise that God will be with them and God will be with us. How do how are we going to be strong and courageous then? Well, we're going to meditate on the Word of God day and night. We're going to constantly be going to it, not just a minute or two of, of Bible reading a day. We need a strong diet of it. That's what day and night is meant. It's meant to be like a, a it's a phrase in the Hebrew that means throughout the day, frequently, we meditate on the Word of God. That means we think about it in our mind. We mull it over. We consider it. We're strengthened by it. It's like chewing on an energy pill for our spirit. And also, we're strengthening, we're strengthened by the promise that God will be with us, that Jesus is with us to the ends of the world, everywhere he's with us, and for all times he's with us. He's always with us. He's everywhere with us. So that strengthens us. So let's turn to friend of the podcast, Charles Spurgeon, to exhort us in that kind of courageousness and strength by standing on the promises of God and meditating on the word of God. And Spurgeon says, Joshua was about to invade the land of Canaan, and therefore before his arduous enterprise, the Lord gave him a new promise. His faith led him to the brink of Jordan, the borders of the promised land, and then in there he by faith obtained a blessed promise, which we will have just read for our comfort, remembering that venturing in the path of duty upon great missions we may expect like him to win new promises." There shall not be any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people you will divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law will not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate every day and night, and you may, so that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. One more instance may be good to remind us of, says Spurgeon. God sometimes gives his people fresh promises by faith just before a trial is about to come upon them. It was so with Elijah. God said to him, Go down to the brook Cherith. Behold, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. This was at the beginning of the famine. There he dwelled, and God fulfilled his promise, for by faith Elijah had obtained it. Acting upon faith, still depending on God, he remains at Cherith, and as the result of this faith, God gives him a fresh promise. Arise, go to Zarephath, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. The faith which received the first promise obtained the honor of a second promise. 
So with you and with me, says Spurgeon, if we had a little promise and up until now have realized it, if we've lived upon that promise and made it the stay in support of our souls, surely God will give us another and a greater one. And so from promise to promise, speeding our way, we will find the promises to be rounds of the ladder which Jacob saw, the top that which would reach to heaven. Doubt and be distrustful about the promise that you have, and you cannot expect God to increase his revelation to your soul. Be afraid. Stagger through unbelief at that which was laid to your heart yesterday, and you will not have a new promise tomorrow. Oh, that we had power to act as Samson did, who having the promise of God that he would smite the Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey, laid them heaps on heaps, never reckoning the odds, but having God with him in childlike and simple faith, he dashed his foes and overcame them. We should go from strength to strength, receiving grace upon grace, if we had faith to mount from promise to promise. And he concludes with this one illustration. Spurgeon says, When the cholera was here last time, I winded my way from house to house among the sick and dying. I was one day sad at heart and thought surely my own time was come, for I had seen many deaths and had been at many graves. Walking down the Dover Road, I saw in a window upon a paper fastened to the glass with four wafers this verse, Because you have made the Lord, even the Most High, your habituation or your dwelling place, there shall be no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. I stopped, says Spurgeon, attracted by the paper in the window and read it, and this verse, I am certain, was as much a revelation to my own heart, and I as much obtained that promise as if an angel had brought it with swift wings from heaven. Your experience, brother Christians, will furnish similar instances. And though we may be sneered at as fanatical by those who do not understand spiritual impressions from the Holy Ghost, no, we know and we speak only of what we have tasted and handled by of the good word of God, that there is such a thing as still obtaining the promise of fresh from heaven, money from the mint of God like new coins, all unworn. Faith and faith alone can know the secret of a Obtaining such promises. That's a powerful, powerful word by Spurgeon. Take it to heart, friends. Be strong and courageous by standing on the promises of God, by remembering them, by meditating on them, by climbing up them like a ladder from one promise to the next, believing what God's word says to us. Psalm 120 verse 1. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Lord, rescue me from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. What will he give you and what will he do to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior, sharp arrows with burning charcoal. What misery that I have stayed in Meshach, that I have lived among the tents of Kedar. I have dwelt too long with those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Psalm 121 verse 1. I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going both now and forever. Amen. Psalm 122 verse 1. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. 
Our feet were standing within your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city should be, solidly united, where the tribes, the Lord's tribes, go up to give thanks to the name of the Lord. This is an ordinance for Israel. There thrones for judgment are placed, thrones of the house of David. Pray for the well-being of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls, security within your fortresses. Because of my brothers and friends, I will say, may peace be in you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will pursue your prosperity. Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair. And they will be called righteous trees, planted by the Lord to glorify Him. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the former devastations. They will renew the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers strangers will stand and feed your flocks, and foreigners will be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you will be called the Lord's priests. They will speak of you as ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of the nations, and you will boast in their riches. In place of your shame, you will have a double portion. In place of disgrace, they will rejoice over their share. So they will possess double in their land, and eternal joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and injustice. I will faithfully reward my people and make a permanent covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their posterity among the peoples. All who see them will recognize that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I rejoice greatly in the Lord. I exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and wrapped me in a robe of righteousness as a groom wears a turban and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth produces its growth and as a garden enables what is sown to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. Matthew chapter 9, verse 1. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Just then some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Have courage, son, your sins are forgiven. At this some of the scribes said to themselves, He's blaspheming. Perceiving their thoughts, Jesus said, Why are you thinking evil thoughts in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sons are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he told the paralytic, Get up, take your stretcher, and go home. So he got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were awestruck and gave glory to God who had given such authority to men. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me, and he got up and followed him. While he was reclining at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came to eat with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now when he heard this, he said, It is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Then John's disciples came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests be sad while the groom is with them? 
The time will come when the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one patches an old garment with unshrunk cloth, because the patch pulls away from the garment and makes the tear worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the the skins burst, the wine spills out, and the skins are ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. As he was telling them these things, suddenly one of the leaders came and knelt down before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus and his disciples got up and followed him. Just then a woman who had suffered from bleeding for twelve years approached from behind him and touched the end of his robe, for she said to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I'll be made well. Jesus turned and saw her. Have courage, daughter, he said. Your faith has saved you. And the woman was made well from that moment. When Jesus came to the leader's house, he saw the flute players and the crowd lamenting loudly. Leave, he said, because this girl is not dead but asleep. And they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. Then news of this spread throughout that whole area. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men approached him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I can do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, Let it be done for you according to your faith. And their eyes were opened. Then Jesus warned them sternly, Be sure that no one finds out. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout that whole area. Just as they were going out, a demon-possessed man who was unable to speak was brought to him. When the demon had been driven out, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed, saying, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He drives out demons by the ruler of the demons. Jesus continued going around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and dejected, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Amen. Lord, we do pray that. Send out workers into this abundant harvest now. Lord, reap a great reaping of sinners one to Jesus for your kingdom. Amen. Good day, friends. Good Monday to you, and Godspeed.